Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway North Church based out of Winnipeg, Canada. Your Sunday sermon, any day of the week. Easter Sunday. Wow. It's got to be the best day of the year. I mean, Christmas is good, right? Jesus is born. The beginning of something wonderful. But Easter Sunday, death is broken. Jesus rises from the dead. Everything that he promised to accomplish for us, he has already accomplished for us. And he has risen. Oh, you were nearly there. You were nearly there. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And we're going to read a bit of the story of Easter this morning that Chris has actually referred to already out of John's gospel. John's gospel and chapter 20. And John was there. So you're reading today the story that someone wrote because he was there. He was there when it happened. So let's read what he has to say. This is John chapter 20. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene... Oh, sorry, I'm going to start in John chapter 19, a little bit earlier. From verse 41 in John chapter 19. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. And on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that this tomb, the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, who is John, who is writing this down the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first, which is why he didn't say his name, because he didn't want to boast he was a faster runner. (laughs) And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. And then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to their homes. We're going to read the rest of the story later on this morning. But this is the opening part of the first day of the week, the third day after Jesus had died. And we're going to look into the life of Mary Magdalene and what she was going through here in the moment when she came to the tomb, the first day of the week, in the dark, while it was still dark. And we recognize as we read through the story that Mary Magdalene came to the tomb believing that she'd lost some things. But she left knowing that she'd found more than she'd even lost. And this morning we want to look at what was it that she thought she lost and what did she find at the tomb of Jesus? The first thing that I'm going to suggest she lost this morning was that she had lost the light of her life. 
She had lost the light of her life. When we are first introduced to Mary Magdalene in Luke chapter 8, we were told that she was a woman that had had seven demons that oppressed her. Now, I don't know what that looked like or felt like, but I would imagine that was a horrible way to live. Every morning from the first moment that she woke up, thoughts of evil whispering in her ears, whispering in her mind, whispering in her heart, followed her all the way through the day. Whatever she tried to do to take her mind off it, every time her mind began to relax, these things would come whispering again at her from every side. She puts her head down at the pillow at night. These things keep her awake at night. It's constant. It's tormenting. It's evil whispering in her ears. Maybe it's lies about who you are. You're worthless. You're not worth anything. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. Maybe it was lies about other people. Those people don't like you. They're after you. They want to kill you. They want to get you. It's lies. It's whispers. Maybe it's lies about God. God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. God wants nothing to do with you. That's how the devil operates. He is a liar and the father of lies. And he will whisper in our ears all day and all night long if he gets the chance to do it. And that lies and those lies that accompany it bring darkness great darkness and Mary Magdalene knew what it was to live in great darkness every morning that she woke up every night she went to sleep she was surrounded by great darkness she knew what that was but if we follow the story in Luke chapter 8 when it tells us that she had had seven demons whispering at her it tells us that now her life has changed It's changed because now she's following Jesus. And she's one of a few women who have given up everything to follow Jesus. And they are serving Jesus and the 12 disciples. They're providing all their food. They're looking out for them out of their own money. They're paying for Jesus and his disciples and looking after them. And Mary Magdalene is right among them. And what has happened to her darkness? Her darkness has been broken and driven away in the mighty name of Jesus when Jesus met her. Jesus had become the light of her life. No more tormenting whispers. No more sleepless nights. No more waking up and dreading what was going to happen to her through the day. No more looking at everybody else and wondering what they're thinking about her. None more of that stuff because the power of darkness has been broken in her life and the light of life has shone in her darkness. That is what Jesus does for people. Mary Magdalene had found the light of her life. And wherever she went, she saw Jesus bringing light to other people. One of the apostles said, after Jesus had died and resurrected and gone to heaven. For this reason, Jesus came to the earth to break all the power of the devil. Shatter every darkness. Bring every stronghold down. Every throne that the devil sets up, all his lies, all his deceit, Jesus came to destroy it all. And bring it all down like the wall of Jericho. That's what Jesus came to do. And when he was walking through the earth, everybody he touched, everybody he came across, he shed and released his light into that darkness. It might have been that tormenting darkness that I mentioned before. But many of these folks were in a darkness because they did not understand who God was. They'd been taught about God since they were little. 
but they did not know him. They thought they had to do all these rules and regulations to try and tick off all the boxes to please who God was and the priests and the Pharisees and the lawyers. They put that darkness on the people. They did not understand that we have a God who when we call out to him and ask him to forgive us our sins, he is ready and he is willing to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, not because of any good we have done, but because it's his own gift of kindness to us. These people were walking in darkness, but Jesus had come to bring them great light. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. Is our world in a dark place? Is the darkness increasing? Seems to be, doesn't it? Is the light going out? No chance. John, the apostle at the beginning of his gospel says, in him was life and that light was the light of men. The light shone in the darkness and the darkness could not put it out. That is the light of life. But in this moment, Mary Magdalene thinks she's lost the light of her life. She's gone to the cross. She saw it happen. She's taken down the body. Jesus is gone. It would appear that darkness has won. And here she is in the early hours on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene coming to the tomb early while it was still dark. You see video clips and shows of what they think it was like Mary Magdalene going to the tomb. It was dark. The sun was beginning to rise, but it hadn't even come over the top of the horizon yet. It was dark. And that was a picture of her life. The light had gone out. And now the darkness that she had is not the same darkness as before. It's not that hopeless darkness of all those demonic lies whispering in her ears. It's the darkness of thinking she's lost Jesus. And he had been the light of her life. Jesus, when he said, I am the light of the world, went on to say, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And she had decided she was going to follow Jesus and she was following him all the way to his death and all the way to his tomb. And she discovered that Jesus was still her light and her life because the stone was rolled away and she saw Jesus resurrected. This morning, I wonder if some of you are experiencing darkness. Lies, whispers of the devil. Maybe it's just the darkness of the world that's around us. Maybe it's different types of darkness that you're wrestling with. Darkness in your soul, darkness in your heart. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And he is more powerful than any darkness that you encounter or that you can live with. And the name of Jesus is still strong. To shatter darkness, bring down strongholds, and set captives free. Can I have an amen in the house of God this morning? Amen. She thought she'd lost the light of life, but she hadn't. And she hadn't just found the light of life who was going to walk with her every day of her life, and then he would be gone when he died. She discovered the light of life that was going to be her light for all eternity. She would never lose him again. The second thing that Mary thought that she'd lost was the source of her life. The source of her life. Jesus hadn't just switched the light on for her. 
but he'd given her her life back that she thought she never would have. She probably never experienced life like that before. Life in freedom, life with God. And again, she'd seen Jesus everywhere he went bring life to people. Whether it was blind people who could see, whether it was lame people who could walk, whether it was dead people that were raised to life again. Jesus stood outside of the grave of his friend Lazarus. He'd been in that grave for four days and his sisters are weeping. Jesus, if you had just been here, this wouldn't have happened. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. John, if you remember what I said before at the beginning of John, said of Jesus, in him was life. That was John's experience of walking with Jesus every day. In him was life. Peter, when he is explaining to the people in the temple about what's just happened after Peter and John have seen a guy healed who'd not been able to walk since the day he was born. And when they prayed over him, this strength came into his ankles, it says, and came into his feet. And he got up and he started to walk and then he started to jump and then he started to leap and praise the Lord. And he was shouting and praising in the temple and everybody else is going, what's happening here? How did this happen? And Peter said, what's happening here is that you took the person who was the author of life, Jesus. Peter saw him as the author of life and you crucified him. You killed him. For Mary Magdalene, she saw Jesus as her source of life. And now it appears that death has caught up with him. And she is now left without that source of life. She's about to discover that you cannot kill the source of life. Peter said when he went on to tell that story, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And then he went on to explain what had happened to the man whose legs had been healed. And his name, Jesus, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health. Do you hear that? Perfect health in the presence of you all. Mary Magdalene thought that she'd lost the source of life. But she hadn't. You might feel this morning you don't know the source of life. Is life what this is? Just a struggle every day, just emptiness every day, just trying to make it through. Is that what life is? Life is knowing Jesus. That's what life is. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to God the Father but by me. We find life when we find Jesus. And Jesus is powerfully at work in our world today to bring life to people. Jesus still heals sick people. Jesus still raises dead people. Jesus still does miracles and wonders. You know, when I stand and preach here this morning I'm not standing in strength physically or otherwise I can feel like I'm standing here in weakness but I want to tell you something the resurrection power of Jesus Christ flows through these veins and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ flows through your veins by the power of the Holy Spirit 
The church of the living God in this day may feel like it's oppressed, may feel like it's pushed down, may feel like it's weak, and it cannot even stand. But I want to tell you that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ flows in the veins of his body, flows in the veins of his church. He is a miracle-working God. The author of life is still at work. If you don't have life today, I want to encourage you to come to Jesus. You won't find life any other way. If you know Jesus today, I want to encourage you. You have the author of life at work in your body. Pray for sick people and believe for God to heal them. Pray for people who are bound in darkness and believe that Jesus will set them free. Pray for people who are down in the depths of despair that Jesus will give them hope and Jesus will lift them up because that's who Jesus is. She thought she'd lost the light of her life, but she hadn't. She thought she'd lost the source of her life, but she hadn't. And she thought finally that she'd lost the love of her life. Let's read what happened here from verse 11 of John chapter 20. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. One at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? (laughs) What a question. She said to them, they have taken away my Lord And I do not know where they have laid him. She's not weeping because she expects to see Jesus again. She's weeping because she can't get close to him anymore. There was a body that she saw laid down there. And she would rather be close to the dead body of Jesus than not have him at all. Life wasn't worth living, even without his dead body. And she's crying because they've taken his body and I don't know where he's. I want to be where he is. I don't care if he's alive or dead. I want to be where Jesus is. When he switched the light on for her, when he gave her life, he captured her heart. She loved him. What happened? Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Same question. Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Let me take you to another garden. When God made the heavens and the earth, he planted a garden. Beautiful garden. He put Adam and Eve there as the gardeners. And he told them to manicure and look after that garden. And he would come down 
and walk in the garden with Adam and Eve because he so loved to be with them. All they had to do was do everything he asked them in that garden and there was only one tree that they could not eat of. And he said, the moment you eat of that tree, you will die. Many of you know what happened there. They ate of that tree and they died. And death for them was not immediate death. They didn't just drop dead right there in the garden and that was it. No, they carried on living, but they were dead inside because they'd lost their relationship with their father in heaven. And the father comes down into the garden and they've hidden themselves. And he's walking through a garden saying, where are you? Where are you? And if you and I had asked him, what are you doing, God, in the garden? He would have said, I'm looking for them whom my soul loves. And I don't know where they've gone. Now he's God. He knows where they went. But can you hear the cry of his heart? Fast forward thousands of years. There's another woman in a garden. There's another gardener in the garden. The gardener this time is not the man or the woman. The gardener is God himself. And it's not now God coming to look for the man or woman who are lost. It's a woman, a sinner who has been saved by the grace of God, who's come looking in the garden for the God that she has lost. God, where are you? God, where are you? Oh, what that must have done to the heart of the Father. Here's a sinner woman who's come to faith in Jesus Christ, who's come looking for me in the garden. Do you get it? It's the flip around, isn't it? This is the new creation. Tell old I make all things new. This is the beginning of a whole new era of life. Where God comes to us in our garden and we come to him and we can cry out to him. And he is there. He's right there. He's right behind us. Right where we wouldn't even know he was there. All the time he's been waiting for us to turn around. You know in our world today they call loneliness the next epidemic. Pandemic rather. A study done in Harvard University in 2022 discovered that one third of Americans are lonely. 51% of young women with children are lonely. 61% of young people are lonely. It's the most connected generation ever and the most lonely generation ever, according to the statistics. And loneliness is incredibly damaging. Research says it's like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's what loneliness is. the same sort of impact it can have on your body. It can bring depression. It can uh, grow dementia. Loneliness can uh, raise your blood pressure. Loneliness causes obesity. Loneliness has lots of problems that our world is facing, especially our Western world, in greater and greater and greater measure, to the point that Japan and the United Kingdom both have created a new ministerial in government, the Minister of Loneliness. What a world we live in, eh? Why? 
Because it doesn't matter how connected we all get. There's a deep void in all of our hearts. A deep hole. Which cannot be satisfied by all of those connections. There is only one person who can satisfy that hole in our hearts. There is only one person who loves us so much that that love can satisfy the deepest longings of our heart. And that person is Jesus of Nazareth. And if you don't know Jesus today, we want to give you an opportunity, Easter Sunday 2023, to come to know him, not just as the light of your life. He will drive away darkness. The source of your life, he will bring you life and hope, but as the love of your life. Because nobody loves you like Jesus does. You know, in the midst of COVID, even if you're a Christian, some of you might have or might feel like you've lost the love of your life. Yeah, you come to church, you do your stuff, whatever you do. But that love, that passion for Jesus that you once knew, no longer alive like it used to be alive. Can I encourage you today? Mary Magdalene found the love of her life at the place where she'd last laid him down. Does that make sense to you? You know, things can happen in life, can't they? We can get hurt. We can get wounded by things that happen. We can get upset with other people. We can get upset at ourselves. We can start questioning things and our faith starts to kind of dismantle in front of our eyes. And before we know where we are, we've lost that ongoing love in our hearts for Jesus. Can I encourage you to go to the place where you last laid him down? Where did that offense begin? Where did that stuff happen? Go back there. Lord Jesus, take me back there. I lost you at that moment. Now, the truth is you never lost him because he's never going to leave you. And you're never going to feast right there. But you might not see him. And the love that you once had for him might be lost. But he is here to love you again. His love is here for you today. He will never stop loving you. He cannot. That's who he is. We can turn our hearts back to him today and if we need to say sorry to him for those things that have got in the way that dismantled our ongoing love. Let's come back to the place we laid him down and let's come back to the garden. Let's come back to that place of fellowship and devotion and just being with Jesus. I want to be in the garden with you every day. I hope, Lord Jesus, you don't come into my garden and say, where are you, Peter? I'm too busy. I'm too disconnected. I'm too whatever. Mary Magdalene thought that she'd lost the light of life. She thought she'd lost the source of her life. She thought she'd lost the love of her life. She discovered she hadn't lost any of it. She got it back and more in every single way. So much so that when she saw Jesus in front of him, her, she got a hold of him and she clung on to him. She thought, well, this time, Jesus, I'm not going to let you go. And Jesus said, let go. And she thought, no, 
I'm not letting you go. The last time I let you go, you disappeared down a tomb. That's not happening. Jesus said, no, I've got something else for you to do, Mary. I want you to go and tell. Go and tell. Don't just cling on to me. Have this great love time with me alone in the garden. And it's great. It's great for us. This is wonderful. But let go and go and tell somebody. Go and tell someone that the light of the world is still shining. Go and tell somebody that the source of life has not been able to be killed. Go and tell somebody that the lover of this world is still alive and he still loves this world and everybody in it. And he wants to pour his love out into our lives and into our neighborhoods and into our families and into our homes. Go and tell this world Jesus Christ is risen. Amen. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you for tuning in to the Gateway North podcast. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from God's word. To find out more about Gateway Church, head to gatewaywinnipeg.com.